Welcome to the dollop. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, tell a story from American history to my friend, Gareth Reynolds, who knows nothing about it. God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary, Gareth. Is Dave okay? Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Why? I mean, I wonder. I think you might be the only person who loves it. I know, but <laughs> you just but isn't love that what it. It's all about. Yeah, I think it is. At it's the end of the day, great, it is. It's a great thing. Fair love, point. To just love what you. I do. think I like it now. Thanksgiving is upon us. Yes. So a day of thanks. A day of thanks. <laughs> so I thought we would look into the history of Thanksgiving. Okay. Um. Oh, I know what I want to that, do. That, but, well, can I just say right off the bat, this yeah. cannot be good? No, it's going to be great. This cannot be good. How could it go wrong? Uh, I feel like I'm not going to feel comfortable putting thanks in the day's name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to do a little compare and contrast. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Our first re- our the, first dollar prop. Yeah. And our the, doll prop. Yeah. This is our first uh, prop. The first time we bring in something from the outside. <laughs> So the reason that I decided to do this was because I read stories to my son, uh-huh. and um, I couldn't find the Donald Duck one, which is the one I was looking for. Okay. But I found one in my son's room called The Very First Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. So why don't we read that? Sure. So people from other countries will know what we're talking about when we talk about what Thanksgiving is. Oh, yeah. It's a great, it's a great day. It's a day of thanks. Yep. This is the very first Thanksgiving day. And then they show people gathered on a table. This is the food gathered and blessed. The corn and sweet berries. The wild turkey dressed. Shared on the very first Thanksgiving day. Well, that's and they're nice. having fun. And they're yeah. making turkey and biscuits. Yeah, yeah. No, it looks like a whole scene. they have cranberries and uh, some kind of berry there. Mm, they all have napkins they got, on their heads. they got a great assortment of food. These are the Indians, skillful and strong, who knew how to live through the winter so long and ate of the food gathered and blessed. So the Indians are all coming to eat. Mm-hmm. It's nice. A couple of them actually were cool enough to show up with um, some food. Yeah. Most of them didn't, though. Let's <laughs> be honest. Uh, there were a lot of uh, Indians there without food. Uh, that's not the Thanksgiving I've heard of, Dave. Uh, these are the pilgrims who farmed the new land, who steadfastly labored and toiled by hand and learned uh, from the Indians. I can't oh, tell you how nervous I am for what's about to happen no, no, in this it's one. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> because this is not mm-hmm. going to be good. These are the houses built in straight rows that stood in the hot sun and harsh winter snows and sheltered the pilgrims who farmed the new land. Because it feels like they're skipping over a detail. I don't know what you're talking about. This is the harbor marked by a huge stone where first steps were taken to chart the unknown, not far from the houses built in straight rows. So there they are getting off the boat. It's yep. snowing. Snowing. It's lovely. Yep. It's a... It's a an, American Indian in a loincloth looking at a ship. This is the Mayflower ship in full sail that weathered the rough seas, the wind and the hail, and docked in the harbor marked by a huge stone. I love how there, there's no mention of the Native American with a spear that he's like yeah. <laughs> pointing at them aggressively. <laughs> they just drew it in. Yeah, and, and also, uh, I just I just like that he's standing there in a loincloth. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, no, that's coming back. That look is on. Yeah. Uh, and they're really obsessed with the rock, which I don't really go into because 
Plymouth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plymouth Rock. Get yeah. over it. It's fucking rock. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That rock is like yeah. American Idol winners. I get it. They saw a rock when they got here. I get it. The rock. I get it. The rock. I, okay. This Bow is- to the rock. Okay. Suck the rock stick. Wow. I'm sorry. That escalated <laughs> fast, didn't it? Very aggressive. I'm sorry. Just bow to it. This is the ocean. Maybe second stick. This is the ocean that never would end, that sometimes was foe and sometimes was friend, that carried the Mayflower ship in full sail. This is the land where it all began, the land where brave group made ready their plan to travel the ocean that never would end, that sometimes was foe and sometimes was friend. Some on the dock waiting to get on their ship. Oh, yeah. That carried the Mayflower ship in full sail, that weathered the rough seas and the wind and the hail. And docked in the harbor, marked by a huge stone, where first steps were taken to chart the unknown. It's him getting off a little rowboat. Not far from the houses built in straight rows that stood in the hot sun and the wa- harsh winter snows and sheltered the pilgrims who farmed the new land, who steadfastly labored and toiled by hand. Yep, damn right. Oh, and here's oh, the big... That's, yeah, that's lovely. Big that's table, like a Where's Waldo. Big table and all the dishes... Lots and, of people. Uh, and uh, there's a guy clearly praying, and then just tons of people gathered around thinking it's great. And ate of the food gathered and blessed, the corn and sweet berries and wild turkey dressed, shared on the very first Thanksgiving day. So before we get into this, I would like to say that they didn't have any fucking dishes or tables. What? If they had first Thanksgiving, you they were eating on the ground with their dirty fucking hands. You don't know that. I know that because know that. I've read all the history. You don't know they that. They didn't have any fucking dishes. What year did they invent dishes? Exactly. You don't know. <laughs> I've, I try to work with you. I've, I've, I've always said I think dishes were invented in the 1200s. That's, <laughs> I've always. I'm on record. What does that even mean? Well... There'll be no more questions. Uh, <laughs> I just, let's say. Okay. I'm pretty steadfast on that. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Doesn't feel that cool. That's cool. <laughs> okay. European colonization of the Americans began as early as the 10th century when Norse sailors explored and settled limited areas on the shores of present day Greenland and Canada. All right. According to Norse for- folklore, folklore. Folklore, violent conflicts with the indigenous population ultimately made Norse abandon those settlements. Hmm. So the Vikings cruised around and they're like, okay, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Like, we're Vikings and we're like, all right, I get it. Yeah. We're not not wanted. Okay, yeah. Got the message. It's a lot. Closing time. It's it's a lot. And then they played closing time and they got on the ship. (laughs) Oh, we know what that means. (laughs) To the ship! Extensive European colonization began in 1492 when a Spanish expedition headed by Italian Christopher Columbus sailed west to find a new trade route for the Far East. So but, celebrated he gets his own day. But he accidentally found America. Yes. And he and he is credited with... A hero. Finding America. Yes. Finding America and... Even though he didn't. Other people found it first. Well... I found something others have found! <laughs> just, oh, okay. Standing behind, Me. standing behind the guy who just cured AIDS, just being like, <laughs> uh, I, also, I just did it. I did it second. I did it. Remember me now. After Spain, all the European country, all the European countries wanted in on the action. Yeah. France also founded colonies in the Americas. In Northeast America, a number of Caribbean islands and small coastal parts of South America, Portugal colonized Brazil. Uh, 
tried early colonizing the coast of present-day Canada. I guess that didn't work out for him. No. The number of people living in America was estimated in the Americas was estimated to have been around 50 million. Okay. In 1492 when Columbus wow. came. 50 mil. Oh, that's how many were already here. Already here, living in the place that someone found. Okay. So. Hey, I found a place where there are a shitload of people. Everybody hide. <laughs> Look what I found. Uh, by 1650, the number of people living in the Americas was 8 million. So there's a, there's a drop. That's a, that's a big drop. That's a, dro- that's a drop. That's a lot of dropping. Uh, the herd was dramatically thinned by old world diseases. The Europeans were filthy creatures <laughs> used to rolling around in their own garbage dump of diseases, which they just brought over and went, would you like some? <laughs> We've brought something to share. And, and in turn, the, the, although they all died, they gave uh, syphilis to the, new, to the old world. Oh, that's... I think you may have this. Here, this will be fun. I, I might someday read the story of syphilis because what happened in... How, how, Your, what happened in Europe, specifically Italy, is beyond. You just, can, I mean, it might be the first rated X thing we do, not because of the sex, but because of the descriptions uh, of the people. Uh, like Jesus. faces falling off. Oh my God! They faces re- falling off. Well, if you if your people have never been around syphilis, and the first guy who gets it is just like <laughs> rotten away. Harry's face just dropped <laughs> off. I've been fucking. <laughs> So Harry fucked two days ago and his face is on the fucking ground. <laughs> I'm a little worried. So by the time the English came rolling on through, much of, uh, of the Americans are already dead. In 1605, Captain George Weymouth came rolling into, on one of his boats. He was checking out the New England coastline to see what he could grab. Okay. He didn't find any gold or other exciting riches, but he did find some dudes. Oh, all right, cool. Then he grabbed them. Oh, the dumb. Uh, yeah, little worried about that. Well, they were looking for money. They were, you know, they were looking for shit they could plunder, and they saw some dudes and like we can take them and sell them or whatever. It's like if you go out to like rob a place and yeah. it gets thwarted, you'll take a candy bar on the way out. Yeah, you're like fuck yeah. it, I'll just take this. That's two things. I got something. I got something. I win. Weymouth wrote, "We used we used little delay, but suddenly laid." Hand, bare hands upon them, for they were strong and so naked as our best hold was by long by their long hair of their heads. <laughs> so they grabbed a bunch of naked dudes by their hair. Hey, uh, that's allowed. Welcome to the new world. Yeah. Because uh, they weren't explorers. They were working for companies. Oh, fuck. The, the ships were built to earn profit. There was no curiosity going at this point. No one was out looking for anything other than wealth. The main fight was whether private companies or public traded companies should be allowed to set up colonies. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, it's just never been right. No, we, we went, hey, let's bring everything that's wrong over to the new world. <laughs> so on behalf of the Plymouth Company, Captain Weymouth grabbed six Americans from the land they had grown on and put them on a ship and brought them back to England. Wait, and it's called the Plymouth Company. Yeah. So is that like Plymouth Rock was just like when AT&T buys a sports stadium. I believe Plymouth is a place in England. Okay. And so they had already they would already they had already named it Plymouth. So okay. when they, when they get when they name it Plymouth Rock that's because they're like and that's like the boat. Yeah. Play. That's like where we came from. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, they're morons. 
<laughs> It'd be like if you left San Francisco and you got on a boat and you went down to Los Angeles and you went, also San Francisco. Another San Fran. Um, so he grabbed a bunch of dudes. He grabbed six dudes. Uh, so they went back to England. Like, we didn't find gold, but we found dudes. But we grabbed six guys. The most famous of those stolen humans was named Squanto. He was a member of the Pawtuxet. Pawtuxet. Damn it. That's okay. Pawtuxet tribe. Okay. Who are now an extinct people, almost. No, the Pawtuxet are extinct, yes. Um, they were a band of the Wampanoag tribal... If there are any American Indians listening, they're going to be like, Jesus, dude, you're butchering Buddy, your shit. Just, just don't, Wamp- don't get into the specifics. Wampanoag tribal confederation they lived around modern day Plymouth Massachusetts okay Squanto got the full European bullshit ride back in England Sir Fernando Gorges owner of the Plymouth company taught Squanto English and trained him to be a guide and interpreter no one knows exactly what Squanto was doing between 1605 and 1614 he was certainly telling Gorges about the American natives the land and where the riches were he was then sent back to America in 1614 with John Smith who had spent years as a mercenary fighting in Spain, France, the Netherlands, Hungary, and the Ottoman Empire. He was also a pirate for a bit. He was captured by the Turks and sold into slavery. Then he escaped and made his way back to England in 1604, where he became involved in the Let's Make Money Off America bandwagon. He is one of the most, if not the most prominent name of men who set up colonies in the Americas, and will probably be the subject of his own dollop uh, at some point. <laughs> this, is, this is a meaty subject, I yeah. feel. Yeah. So in 1614, he was on board. Uh, he was on his second trip to America. He had already made one. Men uh, were brought on board with the expectation of riches. On this trip, they were all about whales and gold. Okay. And so worst told, case, we grab dudes. Look, if we can't find gold, we get whales. Which, <laughs> all right? All right, you guys. We can't get whales, we grab dudes. Let's get whales and gold. And then they all got on a ship. <laughs> whales, whales and gold, whales, whales and gold. gold. I'm exhausted. Whales and gold, whales and gold. Keep singing the song. Whales and gold, whales and gold. All the way whales there, gold, whales and gold. Whales and gold, and whales and gold, and whales and gold. <laughs> it quickly became apparent when they set sail that most of the dudes on the ship didn't know dick about whaling. So all the guys were like, I know how to catch a whale. And they got on the ship and they're like, I actually Make don't. kissing noises. I, <laughs> is that not working? Wait, I got this. Coo, coo. Here, big thing, big thing, big thing. So now John Smith took the expectations down a bit. And he decided to have them be all about fish and furs. Uh, so now they were just catching fish and trying to get furs. Matter of time until it's like, shells. We're looking for shells. She- okay. Rocks. Rocks. Any rocks, pebbles, anything, literally anything. Um, he split up his men when he reached America. He left uh, a Colonel Hunt to fill one of the ships with fishes and then told him to return after he'd filled up the ship with... I guess they would take the fish and dry them and then bring them back. Mm, that's when they're the best. But Hunt was like, fuck that noise. Oh, boy. So he grabbed 25 Americans, Ugh. Native Americans... I'm just calling them Americans in this because the rest of them. Well, well they are. The I mean, these cunts are all Engl- yeah. uh, English yeah. or Spanish. They're yeah. all they're they're Europeans. They grabbed about 25 Americans and headed to Spain to sell them as slaves. <sighs> this move w- w- this move would forever set the Nosset Indians permanently at war with all c- c- colonists. Yeah. So, so one of the first ships over there, dude's like, I'll just grab a bunch of these guys, and from then on, they were at war. Whatever 
colonists came in. They and were just did, like, they, yeah, yeah. They killed them. They yeah. were they were at war. Well, put me into slavery once. Yeah, shame on you. Right. <laughs> and then another time, and I'm no slavery twice. It's my fault. But how does George Bush say it? Uh, George Bush says, "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me, can't get fooled again." <laughs> Arguably my favorite thing that's ever yeah. happened. In Spain, Squanto was taken uh, by some monks who wanted to convert him to Christianity. He lived there for a couple of years. Could you imagine? You're just a fucking dude uh, uh, living, you're uh, living a fine life. Your fucking tribe and everything's great. And then all of a sudden, you're some guys are trying to tell you about Jesus. Yeah. And, and it's zoo life. In place. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Yeah. No, yeah. You're just like, wow, I really wish I wasn't there that day. <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh, God, why didn't I make a left? Like, if I had literally just not pissed, <laughs> I wouldn't be listening to this guy tell me about the man in the clouds. For two years. Then he eventually met an Englishman, and he knew he wanted to get back to England because that's where he, he had met the other guys. Uh-huh. So now he's been, he's, been, he's, been, he's been kidnapped once, taken to England... Brought back. Brought back. Re-napped. And, and, then, and then some guy decided to sell, resell him yeah. with the other guys he just caught, brought him back to Spain, sold him to some dudes who tried to tell him about Jesus. I'm sure he's really happy. Yeah. So, uh, so he went back to England, and then he met the treasurer of the Newfoundland company, who was like, hey, man, you want to make, make some scratch, bro? Squanto was like, fuck yeah, I want to get home. So he went so, home. Yeah, home. So he went on a trip to Newfoundland, which okay. Newfoundland, which is kind of home, closer anyway. Yeah. When he was there, a guy who used to work with the gorgeous guy on the Plymouth Company uh-huh. was like, "Fuck, Squanto girl, what's up? Hey. What are you doing in the Newfound? What? What a small world, Squanto." <laughs> And it's my world. There you is. Squanto was like, shit has been crazy. I've been back and forth. So the guy wrote a letter to... I'm in hell. The guy wrote a letter to Gorgeous, and he, and he was like, get my boy back here. Get Squanto back to England. So Squanto gets back on a ship. Ugh. He's done. He's now done more traveling in his life than I have. Yes. Yes. I've only been across the Atlantic once. Squanto's been on the road a lot. He's a road native. Yeah. Squanto found himself back in England. Thankfully, Sir Fernando Gorgeous, uh, Gorges organized another expedition to New England. So, okay, now it's happening. This time, Squanto was to help the expedition, and then when it was over, they were going to drop him in his drop him in his village. So he'd be back with his peeps. Okay, all good. He could live with his peeps again. Mm-hmm. All he ever wanted. And it's been like what ten, oh, fifteen a years. Long now? Time. It's been a long time. So in sixteen nineteen, at the end of the expedition, they dropped anchor at Plymouth Harbor. This is about one year before the pilgrims arrived. Squanto found that every man, woman, and child in his home uh, of the tribe of the Paw Tuxic had been wiped out by plague in 1617. Oh, boy. Mainly smallpox and leptocirrhosis, which is also known as rat catcher's yellows. One European wrote, the savages died like rotten sheep and their bodies before and after death were to were exceedingly yellow. So Squanto yeah. got picked up. From, he was hanging with his peeps. Having he, a fine he, life. He got picked up, taken in a boat, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then they dropped him off, and everyone he knew was dead. 
Well, winning. Yeah. Right? Is that what oh, winning yeah. Is? Is yeah, that yeah. Winning is? No, things are good for Squanto. Um, so he was the only Pawtuxet left Jesus. alive. The only one of his kind alive. Squanto decided to remain with the, here we go, Poconockets. Okay. Uh, where Massasoit, the grand sachem of the Wampanoag Federation, resided. A lot of people from other countries might not know. A lot of Indian tribes created federations yeah. uh, to, to fight other federations. So, so there were... You know, they like they like gathered up their tribes to be in bigger numbers to yeah. fight other. That was sort of the deal. Just um, picture and then, the warriors. And they do inner trading with other within that. You know, they were they were like a nation state. Yeah. Um. So, so he decides to hang out with those guys, and they're like, "Sure, man, all your peeps are dead. Come hang with us." Uh. So he's basically kicking it with the big dogs at this point because he was <laughs> he was like sort of famous. Yeah. Um. Meanwhile, a group of people in England were having a hard time. Oh, poor... Oh. Here we go. Under the 1559 Act of Uniformity, it was illegal not to attend official Church of England services. Ugh. The penalty, penalties for conducting unofficial services included imprisonment and fines. So you couldn't have your own church. There were a lot of Puritans in England at the beginning of the 17th century who wanted to purge Christianity of corruption and being lax with the rules of Rome Psh. and the Church of England. These are your peeps now. Yeah, I'm aware, but I just, I think, how is religion going to work without all that corruption? Let's get real. Yeah. The core of the group that would come to be known as the Pilgrims were brought together by a common belief in the ideas promoted by Richard Clifton. Such a much much easier name to say than Poco Loco Loco. (laughs) Well, our heart goes out to you, Dave. Pocahontas Bowl. (laughs) The Pilgrims were a group of people from Babworth, East Retford, and Nottinghamshire, England, yeah. who came together around 1600. Uh, they weren't known as pilgrims then. That name was not actually given them till 107 years later, but we're going to use it because it separates them. I don't know what they were called. They were just called like those Probably fuckers. Crazy assholes. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Among pilgrims the, is catchier. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Among other things, they were opposed to the wearing of surpluses. Surpluses? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. I should have looked that up. I'm fucking glad they didn't let him wear it. The exchange of wedding rings. Okay. So, so they're a little strict. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. But we're getting married. Ah, you fucking Can you imagine having, legally having to go to church? That's how sure people are there's a man in the sky? Yeah. You must come here or he'll get pissed. Um, What else? Uh, But the doo-doo. Wedding rings and making the sign of the cross at baptism. Wait, that was not okay. They were not down with that. Okay, they were a little. But what is? They were a little. What dick. is a baptism? <laughs> That's when you get. Yeah, no, I know what it is, but what? Like you, they're like, don't get religion involved in the baptism. <laughs> Separation of baptism and religion for sure. Now let's dip this baby in water for God. Oh, okay. So a surplus was the white, the big like white. Thing that they wear. The oh, the dumb, white, the, the little... No, the robe-like thing. Oh, okay. Okay. So all that shit, all that shit, you know, they're like, yeah. no! No, we've we've made a Okay, hold res- on. The rings, the white robes, and, uh, and then the crossing... At yeah. the baptism? Not- At the baptism, Jerry? Not having it. Uh, they believed the chir- church was br- beyond r- repair. Their biggest problem was that the state had no business in running a religion... Which okay, valid and fair start. Congregations had the right to elect their own leaders. Ing was seriously not down with the separatist bullshit. 
Two other men at the time, Henry Barrow and John Greenwood, who led other separatist groups, were executed. Uh, knowing that their very lives were in peril, the pilgrims held secret services churches at Scrooby Manor House. Uh, Just Scrooby. so English. Scrooby do. So English. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it at Scrooby. Right. The plan is we'll meet at Scrooby's. And we'll not make the sign of the cross where we're wearing rings and any of that. Right. Secret, secret, pray. Don't wear your surplus. <laughs> what do you mean, what's a surplus? Wear like a dark, a dark one. It, yeah, not white. Who are you crossing? Ah, we're not going to Scroobies. Benjamin, <laughs> were you doing the cross? <laughs> uh, the king and a new archbishop of York started cracking down on the pilgrims. They knew they had to go. Uh, and the main congregation interpreted a devastating flood that surged up the Bristol Channel in January 1607 as a sign of divine disapproval. Well, so, yeah. you know how God is yeah. with waves. Yeah, look. I'm pissed. I, this is, I haven't been on Earth a long time, and I know it floods every couple of years, but that one was fucked up. I am so pissed at them. <laughs> That's how God works. Yeah, that's exactly... Do you want us to stay, Flood? Okay, we're going. No, don't do that. I was just in a bad mood. So a lot of them decided to get the hell out of England. The number who were willing to leave to stick to their guns compared to those who were like, fuck it, you know, the, the a lot more people stayed okay. than went. Right. A lot of people are like, fuck it, we'll just stick it out here and yeah. try to change things. Make uh, the sign of the cross at a baptism. Keep our heads down. Uh, so comparatively... Low number, a few hundred at best. Okay. Decided to get out. All right. And now that this, these are just the pilgrims. There were tons of separatist groups popping up all over the place. So later that year, a large group tried to flee the country, booking passage from the Lincolnshire port of Boston. But they were betrayed by the ship's captain. Ugh. The leaders were imprisoned in the town's medieval guild hall. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. A guild hall? Because the captain was like... Uh, let's see, I got their money. How can I get out of taking the trip? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, these guys are all fuckheads. <laughs> I'm starting but we to... paid you. I know. It's I'm weird. starting to like this captain a little bit. <laughs> uh, a year later, the pilgrims tried again, and a handful of them made it to Amsterdam, where they were followed by a steady trickle of others from the Scrooby area. Mm. Leaving Scrooby. Don't tell anyone. Those imprisoned were eventually released and made their way to Amsterdam also. Okay. One wrote... They all got over at length, but some at one time and some at another, and some in one place and some in another, and met again according to their desires, with no small rejoicing. Good. I write like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I even write English. <laughs> Can you believe that? Grumble, grumble. <laughs> guffaw, guffaw, wink. <laughs> After a year or so, the flock, now numbering 150 or so, moved south to the town of Leiden. They were there for 12 years. At that point, they decided to move to the New World. They said it was for the sake of the children. In Leiden, they had to work from an early age, and many of them were learning Dutch and adopting Dutch customs. Well, I'll tell you, you know how the Dutch are awful. Oh, God. (laughs) Not cool people. My son came home today wearing wooden shoes. And he loved them. (laughs) And he had tulips. I believe he's making the sign of the cross as well. Tulips like the (laughs) devil. He's got great weed, though. Um. Uh, so they decided to leave. William Bradford, a leader, worried that the children were being, quote, drawn away by evil examples into extravagance and dangerous courses. 
And Leiden was cramped with slum-like conditions. They had come from the open farmland of England to, to basically a filth hole right. in, uh, Amster- in near Amsterdam. After a year or so, the flock now, oh, I already did that. Not all of them went. Not all of them went to America. Okay. So Some were scared. <laughs> and they should have been. Uh, because uh, it's like someone going, hey, man, you want to live in the crazy woods? <laughs> I know you're used to it here, but you know there's nothing. I know you like cable, but do you want to come to the woods? Do you want to go live just at a place where there's nothing? And you can just make everything We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll figure it out. We got it. I'll take, we got nothing but time. Have you ever been camping? No. Let's do it. <laughs> it's like that, but worse. With what could less go wrong? Stuff. <laughs> what could go wrong? Some, like John Robinson, stayed behind to tend the leading flock. He had gone to uh, to New England history. Uh, had he gone to New England history, especially the relations between the pilgrims and Indians, might have been very different. Uh, that's foreshadowing, by the way. Robinson ended up emerging as a man of singular intelligence and liberality who decided, for example, that St. Paul was wrong and that women should feel free to speak up in church. Oh, wow. So this guy would have had he come. He's a little more reasoned. Yeah. He, was, he was like the only reasoned leader. Like, yes, women can speak. I mean, and it, it sounds, uh, that really is amazing. At that time, that must At have been time- like... Put down, bite that tongue, bite thy tongue. Who spoke like a woman? <laughs> it actually was a woman, sir. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> a woman speaking in the church? <laughs> All the men are vomiting. <laughs> um, so the pilgrims sent two delegations to secure a land patent from the London Company on a condition from the king. The pilgrims' religion would not be officially recognized. So the king was like, you can get the fuck out. I want you to go. I want you to get the fuck out away from England. I know you're not here now, but it's enough. Just go. But you can go there, but just don't. Don't. No doing your thing. Don't, don't not be, official. Don't be crazy. Look, go to your stupid religion. Just act like you're not doing it. Yeah. Cool? All right. Get all the right. fuck out. And they're like, all right. Uh, negotiating with the London Company was not an easy task. Because of the continuing problems within the London Company, preparation stalled. The congregation was approached by competing Dutch companies, and the possibility of setting in the Hudson River was discussed with them. The negotiations were broken off at the encouragement of another English merchant, Thomas Weston, who assured them he could resolve the London Company problems. So a bunch of religious nuts, a bunch of fucking lunatics were like, we want to run away to America. And now companies are competing to get them, who have no fucking idea what they're doing, who just want to get on a boat and go to a place, yeah, who have no skills to do this. Yes. So everyone's like, I yelled, do you want to do it? Like, everyone is trying to get them to fucking do it for it. It's insane. <laughs> it's like the worst yeah. ideas ever. It sounds like Dragon's Den. <laughs> so, uh, the, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, they're looking for money. Everyone wants money. Yeah. Right. Uh, Thomas Weston came back. The parties in England had obtained a land grant north of the existing Virginia territory to be called New England. Okay. So they got a land grant. I think that place will stick. Merchant call, merchants calling themselves adventurers agreed to finance the expedition in return for seven years of shared profits from whatever the colonists were able to produce and send back. Okay. So that's the deal. You that's go to America, yeah. whatever furs, whatever fucking shit you can make, just want fishing. I just want to cut. I want a piece. I want a piece. A, a big piece. Uh, just a big I want fucking mostly, piece. I want mostly the piece. Just get You take a slice of pie and then give me the pie. It was expected that this area 
could be fished profitably, and it was not under the control of the existing Virginia government. So that was there was already a Virginia colony. Right. In England, new investors had been brought into the venture, and they altered the contract. And now that's not how that works, is it? At the end of the seven-year contract, half of the settled land and property would revert to them. That's a that's a pretty big twist. And that provision uh, for each settler to have two days per week to work on personal business was dropped. Ah. Oh. So now they had to work all seven days for the company and then just send almost everything back. Uh, that's pretty they cool. They never told the pilgrims that part. That's cool. That's why you got to have your lawyer looking <laughs> over. You always have your lawyer checking out for you. <laughs> hey, uh, have a good trip. You're basically slaves. <laughs> All right. Take care. Okay. Have a good time, Wait slaves. You, you motherfuckers. <laughs> time, time and money was tight. The pilgrims decided the younger, stronger members would settle the colony first. The others would make the journey later as they were able. Okay. Two ships were released for the journey, the Speedwell and the Mayflower. Ah. Which one have you heard of? <laughs> the Speedwell and Rings. <laughs> you always think Speedwell when you think Thanksgiving. <laughs> but the crew on the Speedwell Wait. sabotaged the Speedwell. <laughs> what? Sa- they, they sabotaged they the Speedwell? Because they already got paid. Jesus. And they didn't want to go across the ocean. Oh, man. So if the ship didn't work, then they could keep the money. And if not. there was ever a time in history for PayPal, it is the time. Yeah, ship is uh, broken. Well, um, yeah, we're not going to do it, She's actually. got holes in her. So I'm just going to sit around with Bobby here in the dock. It looks like a man-made hole. <laughs> it's, a, well, it's a foot-shaped one, yeah. Um, all right. Okay, that was once we're going to shut this one down. Okay, but the mm. money. Mm. The Speedwell turned around. Some pilgrims got on the Mayflower, others stayed behind. Okay. When the Mayflower finally embarked on September in 1620, 102 passengers were on board. Only 28 adults were actually members of the congregation. <laughs> the rest were people looking to make a buck off the trip, or worse, were just grabbed off the streets. Back then, not really anybody wanted to get on a ship and die in the New World, so the early colonial ships were filled with vagrants. They would go to the slums and just grab drunks and people laying around. Uh, At one point, there was actually a genuine discussion of putting all vagrants on ships and sending them to the New World. Well, in the long run, they did. <laughs> it's like kind of like uh, Australia where they sent all the criminals. Yeah, right. But it's different. It's just like, do you have a house? No. <laughs> Get on that boat! Do you want to take a boat tour? <laughs> take the rope off the dock. <laughs> uh, the 3,000-mile voyage took 66 days, meaning the ship averaged two miles an hour. Holy uh, fucking sweet. 66 days. God, because it was just filled with the people The fuck were they shit. eating? They didn't have refrigerators. What yeah, the fuck well, were they, they doing? You know, they, had, they, they brought, like, dried fish and stuff. And, uh, oh, yum. And... You know, they had they had oranges for a couple of days. Uh, 66 days of dried fish. On the way, one baby was born, and his parents named him Oceanus. Oh, what a, the, those parents oh. are, that's like that's yeah. like today's names. Yeah. That's these like when Blue out. Ivy, you dumbass, <laughs> just fucking give it a name. This Sarah. This is me boy Cabbage. <laughs> this is Waves. Two people died, and the ship nearly sank in a storm. When they finally arrived, they were way off course. They were in Cape Cod, pretty far from Virginia. Also, it was November. Hey, what's the worst time to land in America and try to plant a crop? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd say right around November. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, November, yeah. No crops happening for a long time. Uh, snow's about to hit, and if it isn't, if it isn't there already, yeah, right. Uh, it probably was. Plus, December's coming. You have to start shopping for Christmas. Well, it's the holiday season right, for so sure. You gotta, yeah, a very busy. A lot of traffic. Yeah, uh, a lot try- of vagrants to buy bottles of booze for. Yeah. At that point, they tried to head down to Virginia, but the weather was too brutal, and the currents uh, were against them, so they turned it back around. All the people who were not pilgrims immediately said, hey, we're not in Virginia. So we're not bound to the contract that uh, says we're working in Virginia. And uh, we don't have to take orders from anybody. So, so here we go. Later. Anarchy, baby. <laughs> Fuck off. Real sticklers for rules and contracts, these yeah. people. Uh, the pilgrims were worried that all their agreements with the company and the king were useless. Now the let me, other let me tell you they were probably right <laughs> judging by previous history. Now the other people on the ship who were not pilgrims were called strangers. That's what they were called. That's what they're called to this day, the strangers. They All were right. the pilgrims and the strangers. All right. So the, this this story is leaning towards one side. Yeah. From yep. the get go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When's uh, the speedwell arriving? We're the good people and you're the shitheads. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> Uh, it was then that the strangers announced that because they hadn't been delivered to Virginia, they weren't bound to the contract and they would take orders from no one. In fact, the separatists feared all their agreements with the company. The strangers and King James were totally useless, right? So yeah. they're freaking out. Yeah. They knew if there was division, there was little hope on anyone surviving. So okay. they had to work together. So, and this is a big historical part that everyone talks about. So before they left the boat, a new contract was created to ensure the cooperation among the settlers. The document came to be known as the Mayflower Compact. Uh-huh. Quote, for the general good of the colony unto which we promise all due submission and obedience. Okay. Uh, so basically, they <laughs> said that everybody, to, if any decision was ever going to be made, everyone would vote on it. And whatever the majority was, everyone would agree to it. Okay. So it's. Basically, when they got there, because of the fuck-ups, democracy was created. Yes. They also set the precedent that only adult males would have a voice in government. Mm. Okay. That's, so that's democracy is, at work for Yeah, you. this is where the pilgrims come in. <laughs> uh, uh, no, shut the women up! Can we, can we get a meeting in here where it's not... <laughs> All right, let's have a vote. Okay. Women, your hands should not be moving. I don't see women's hands up, do I? <laughs> Good. You're not people. <laughs> your brain's different and stupid. Now stop raising your hands and voting. <laughs> um, and once the vote was taken, all would stand with the majority decision. It was ratified by a majority rule with 41 adult male passengers signing. Okay. So out of, out of the 41, 26 are pilgrims, right? Yep. John Carver was chosen to act as the colony's first governor. Now, the place they just landed happened to not have any Americans living there. All righty. Why? Because it was where Squanto was from. Oh. This was the land of the Patuxic. Oh, no. They had arrived three years after the European plague had swept through and killed 100% of Squanto's tribe. They took this as a divine providence and assumed God had cleared their way by killing the natives. Yeah. Well, and if you looked at the ocean, there were some waves, so you yeah. know God's involved. How great is it? It's coincidence that a plague came through here right after one of our ships came through just before. And the Lord we... is 
powerful and smart and decided to kill all those dirty people for us. After we came through before. Uh, right, that part we don't need to discuss. But it was God. God, God, God did Look it. Look at the ocean. Look, get your eyes on the ocean. God did it, but it might have been us also. <laughs> God gave us the illness to spread. Uh, in an amazing turn of events, they also found huts the Americans had not destroyed before they... Oh, the Lord has built us huts as well. He is mighty. Before the people died of the plague. So people dying of the plague, it turns out they don't tear down their village. Now, Dave, why is that? Because they're laying around vomiting and bleeding. Well, it'd be nice if they could do a task or two. <laughs> we should clean up before we all die. <laughs> Make it look nice. Uh, they also found some pots and cooking items. Dishes, probably. Some of which were in graves uh, that they dug up. You know, just looking for The stuff. Lord is so mighty and generous today. <laughs> I am going to dig in this hole where a person is and see what kind of shit he has. <laughs> That's nice when you feel like God's on your side for grave robbing. <laughs> like a good feeling. Look what God left me next to these bones. Oh, and some shoes. Oh, the Lord is mighty. <laughs> um, they called the colony the Plymouth Plantation. All right. And there's a big rock there, the name Plymouth Rock. Yeah. They ate Such from, an important uh, rock. They ate from abandoned cornfields that had grown wild. Oh, and beside the west weather, the settlers didn't know how to plant crops. So, basically, they got, like, a really good sublet, a furnished, like, a furnished sublet. They, they got a furnished Like, pad. they rolled in, and yeah. they were like, man, everything's all fucking set up. Let's get some groceries in this bitch. <laughs> yeah, I love, also love that no one was like, should we learn how to plant shit? Yeah. Nope, let's no. just go. Just eat. The kids are wearing wooden shoes. We gotta go, we gotta go. Move. Um, God will figure it out for us. They didn't have enough supplies to last until spring. They, Jesus. They wildly in, unprepared. Yeah, they're fucking idiots. They lived in cities while in Holland, and the rest were vagrants, so they didn't know how to fish or hunt. How did that not come up in a 66-day trip? How did it not come up in a year before the trip? How did it not come up? Did anyone say, does anybody know how to hunt or fish? All right, we're here. Now, who's the hunter? I think you, I think you just put your hand in the water and pull out a fish. <laughs> no, no, no. You make kissing noises, dummy. <laughs> it's just like whale hunting. <laughs> um, so in their first month, they caught exactly... One fish. Oh, and they shot no um, game. Ah, oh, that's amazing. They caught one fish. That's amazing. <laughs> one fish. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. uh, great place. Okay. Now there's a bite for everyone. Can I just say a great place to raise the kids to get away from oh, the horrible, yeah. horrible Dutch place? It's good. You can tell these parents thought long term. Well, at least he's not speaking Dutch while they're dying. We've really rescued him. Now dig a grave. Uh, they suffered from cold, starvation, and disease, and half of them were dead by spring. The rest were less mouths to feed. Yep, the rest Smart. were uh, the rest were in danger as dying as well because of the whole not being able to plant and hunt and fish. And but stuff. they had a fish. They had a fish. They did have. They had a fish. Still. I believe at this point they had eaten the fish. The whole thing. The whole thing. They must have been hungry. Greedy. Greedy. They must have been hungry. When suddenly one day a lone Indian walked into the settlement and said in English. Welcome, English. I am Somerset. Do you have any beer? What? <laughs> what? 
actually that that happened that happened the dude walked in and said do you have any beer like they found america's first frat dude he had a fucking he had like a beer helmet on two straws coming down i'm out they called me keg stand do you have any more beer <laughs> and that man turned out to be Jim Belushi. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, he saved their asses. His name was Somerset. He brought Squanto on his next visit. Okay. Squanto, who was probably like, oh, good, more. <laughs> well, having no tribe, Squanto stayed to help. Squanto spoke English much better than Somerset, and he taught them how to plant corn and how to catch fish until the first harvest. Squanto also helped the colonists negotiate a peace treaty with nearby with the nearby Wampanoag tribe led by Chief Massasoit, who he was living with. Right. So maybe they they were right. Maybe there is a god. Because the coincidences that led to them being able to because they should have. Oh just, yeah. Oh they no. Should they should have just died. brought the ship over and gotten off and died. Yeah. They just laid died. down in sleeping bags and perished. Yeah. But uh, but fortunately for them, a Native American wanted beer. <laughs> You see how beer is still just purely America. And also, there is a god because Squanto had been kidnapped. Yeah. And then lived in England. No, the and then odds... kidnapped again and then been a, a slave and then had to learn about Jesus and then went back to England and then went back to the New World and found out that every single person in his tribe had died of a horrible infection. So they really clearly, won the lottery. There clearly is a god. They, they really won if the lottery. There's ever been proof of God. I mean, they they got the most English-speaking native. He just rolled into town. He was like, "Uh, you guys look like you're dying. Sup, bro? Hey, you know you don't plant corn like that. That is bullshit. John Winthrop, a founder of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, considered the wave of illness and the death to be a divine miracle. I mean, what what can't they put a shine on? He (laughs) really... He wrote to a friend in England, but for the natives in these parts, God hath so pursued them. For 300 miles space, the greatest part of them are swept away by smallpox, which still continues among them. So God hath thereby declared our title to this place. Those who remain in these parts, being in all not 50, have put themselves under our protection. Uh. (laughs) It's great. God... (laughs) It's a great place. God was really involved, wasn't he? Yeah. The deadly impact of European diseases and the goodwill of the Wampanoag allowed the settlers to, vi- to survive their first year. I mean, half. Yeah. In celebration of their good fortune, the colony's governor, William Bradford, declared a three-day feast called Thanksgiving. Okay. After that first harvest in 1621. Right. So that's nice. That's it's a night, yeah. Right? It's that's nice. The, that's the Thanksgiving story. It's lovely. You like it? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think you know, there's obviously a little more detail to it than I thought. No, no, but that's it. That's the first Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's that's a lovely that's a lovely story. Just like the original. Yeah. Oh, should I continue to the second Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, what does what is it? Just is that when cranberry sauce got involved? Oh, there's or? one that took place in the Manhattan colony, the colony of Manhattan. Okay, sure. I mean, I. I'm good, but if you right, want to... Let's just, let's just do it. Do it. Fuck it. Do it. Fuck it. Do it. I'm sure it'll be fine. Kick the can down the road a little bit. Fuck it. Uh, so Squanto became a big man on campus. All the tribes looked to him for advice, and he was the go-between guy. Yeah. And he used that to put himself in powerful positions. Okay. Right? Um, he was El Jefe. Okay. 
I don't know if he went by that name, but he was unhappy. All right, yeah. He didn't exactly help the other tribes and even went so far as to tell them that the Europeans had barrels of plague stored under the buildings and would release them if they were provoked. In- interesting. <laughs> interesting twist. Squandle's kind of a dick. They have uh, barrels of plague. <laughs> barrels and barrels of plague juice. I've seen the plague juice. Uh, the god of the English had it in store and could send it at his pleasure to the destruction of his enemies. So the Indians remained in awe of and in fear of the pilgrims. Squanto also started a rumor that all the local Indian tribes were going to attack the pilgrims. Before anything happened, it was discovered that the rumor was false. Now the tribes wanted Squanto turned over so they could kill him because he had tried to start a war. Yes. Uh, and the pilgrims were like, no, he's too important. That's our Squanto. That's our, no, he helps us yeah. do shit. Our Squanto. Squanto is still too valuable for their survival. He helped them up until November 1963 when he turned yellow and started bleeding from his nose. Wait, what year? 19. Oh, sorry. Right, gotcha. <laughs> JFK was president. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, 1623. Okay. So, okay. Meanwhile, uh, the pilgrim's survival led to a wave of colonists coming across the ocean. All right. Boston and Salem colonies popped up. Manhattan. Up and down the East Coast. When the Puritans arrived, they immediately discussed who owned the land. All right. It had to be decided because the European way of farming was based on individual ownership, which was completely contrary to what the tribal Americans believed. They believed that no one actually owned the land. Like the tribe farmed it. Yeah. But it wasn't owned by anyone. Yeah. What's so much happening? When I, uh, I own that, they'd be like, okay, and I own the air. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, take it. All right, and I own the air, too, though. Okay, yeah, we all own the air. I own it. Okay. Here's a patent. Good luck. I enjoy- invented air. Okay, enjoy the air. We're Give me money. Air. Give me gold. Massachusetts Governor Winthrop declared the Indians had not, quote, subdued the land, <sighs> and therefore all uncultivated lands should, according to English common law, be considered public domain. It is so crazy to, at any time, to be like, but it's against our law, person who's never heard of us. Hello, I'm here. The laws are mine now. <laughs> like, it's just the nerve of being so brash. Uh, we have fences where I'm from. Do you not have fences? No, this is all mine. <laughs> yeah, so this is mine now. Apparently, you're not familiar with our law, having been uh, totally unfamiliar with us. I don't see lawns or corn, so I'm taking this. <laughs> so there's that. I'm a fucking dick. <laughs> <clears throat> this meant that all the land belonged to the king. This meant the colonists decided they did not need to consult the Indians when they seized new lands. They only had to consult the representative of the crowd. So... Should we maybe what talk about the do, first Thanksgiving a little bit more? We, we're getting the second one. <laughs> Sounds like we, a scarier Thanksgiving. No, no, it's better. It's better. <laughs> so they would pull up and they'd see a bunch of land and they'd say, uh, should we ask the guys who live here if, um, if we can have that? No, let's ask our guy who's back in a house. <laughs> he says, yes, we he can take we it. we can have it. Awesome. Just one minor problem. <laughs> They're not happy. So they would just go to the local governor and say, hey, can I have the land those guys who were here first for centuries have been living on? And he would go, yep. 
The colonists embraced a line from Psalm 2.8. Ask of me. That's a great psalm. Ask of me and I shall give thee. The heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Uh, okay, so the, so I mean, it is written down. Therefore, it's mine. It's in a book. Someone wrote it down I once. I wrote it in a book. <laughs> so now they can just do whatever the fuck they want because of that psalm. The guy who wrote that book didn't even know about this part of the world. That's crazy. The foresight of him. Oh, come on. It's mine. By 1637, there were about 2,000 British settlers. They pushed out from the coast and decided to remove the people who were living where they'd been living forever. Oh, that's sweet. Now, the Puritans saw their religious colony as a model of social and political order that they believed all Europe should adopt. So remember, these are people who had rigid ideas. Yes. And so now they they think that not only should the English be living their way, but now they're coming over and they're living that way. Right. They left England because they didn't like what the church was doing. So they were living a life everyone should be living now. Everyone should be living this way. Yes. Everyone. I'm doing this right! It makes sense. I'm doing this right! Do what I do! But in England, the Puritan movement was on the rise. Those who stayed were changing things. For instance, they killed the king, won a civil war, and set up a short-lived republic and brutally conquered Ireland. What else you want? (laughs) And they were super intolerant. It doesn't sound like it. They were against the decadence of the rich aristocrats. They demanded extreme discipline, thrift, and modesty of each other. This brought about a new and emerging form of ownership and production. Okay. The so-called Protestant ethic. All right. Was a new form of capitalism, and it was all about men, specifically the most powerful merchants. Cool. The Puritan fathers believed they were the chosen people of an infinite God and that this justified anything they did. Using this, they could fight for their right to accumulate power and prosper while oppressing the masses of people, women, children, Indians, etc. Those who rejected the narrow religious rules of the colonies were often expelled out into the wilderness. Jesus. <laughs> so, but the, uh, you know, I'm not really believing this. Out! Keep walking! Where am I? Where am I? To the woods! Yeah, but the woods Don't are... stop walking! But it's all... Go in there! Heathen! Heathen! I think there's dragons. Go into the dragon area. There are dragons. We've confirmed it. It must be nice to be so stupid that you can believe all that shit. Right? Like, to to actually be... the To have the balls to think that you can literally... You're supposed to kill to get money. That's what you're here for. To be so stupid that you never question whether you're right. Never. And that's what it is. Yeah. It's stupidity. Yeah. It's, it's a basic stupidity to yeah. not be able to question, am I doing the right thing? No, just knowing. In U.S. schools, students are taught that the Mayflower Compact of the Plymouth contained the seeds of modern democracy and the rule of law. It was actually the beginning of a capitalist democracy based on all kinds of oppression and serving the class interests of ruling capitalists. Yeah, but so it's it our was, democracy. Yeah, but it was the birth <laughs> of what people now see as crazy America. Yes. Capitalism. Totally, yeah. It's a good thing we've got it under control now. And though. you can see how capitalism has sort of become the religion yeah. of us. Capitalism and religion are tied as almost as one. <clears throat> now, in 1633, the powerful Pequa tribe had not entered an alliance with the British. Like <laughs> the, the nerve. Like the Narragansett and the Wampanoag and the Massachusetts tribes. Then, the settlers stole the land where the city of Hartford now sits, which was Pequa land. That's ours! 
What? So. Yeah, we just said it's ours. Dibs. Didn't see any crops. It's no, uh, that's our that's dibs. Ours. No, but that dibs. Sorry, we're calling we're calling dibs. It's our land. We li- get off of our land. We li- dibs. Heathen. To make matters worse, the Bequa had the gall to kill two British slave raiders who were trying to take them as slaves. Oh, the nerve! So two two guys showed up. How dare they? Trying to grab. They lost the fight. Some American dudes. Yeah. And take them away to be slaves. Yeah. And they were like, mm, well, "Okay, we're gonna kill you." Well, I guess we gotta kill you. And. So the colonists were now pissed. Of course. You can't kill our people who are trying to take you away as slaves. You're not acting like good slaves. Uh, you're basically like corn. <laughs> corn does not kill people. All right. Now you're ours, too. What if the corn started killing people, the people who wanted to eat the corn? We would have to get the corn. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> Listen. Oh, oh a, shit. They're gone. I'm a person. <laughs> oh, good. So the Pequa were like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. Do fuck off. Um, we're not going to turn... With all due respect, we're not going to be slaves. We're not going to turn over the, quote, killers. Yeah. Yeah. The colonial right. governments gathered an armed force of 200 and funny... 200 and funny. 200 and funny. 40 under the command of John Mason. Okay. They were joined by a 1,000 Narragansett warriors. Now, here's the problem with... Here, here was a big problem. So the, the tribes are always warring. Right. The big problem that they made was instead of all getting together and fighting Unionizing, the white man, yeah. fighting the Europeans, they, they Turned decided, because they'd be like, okay, we can get the we can get rid of the Pequot, and then we can have their land. Like they, Short-term thinking. Very short-term thinking. Mason wanted to avoid attacking the Pequot warriors because he didn't think he could win. Wow. Yeah. So instead, he decided to have a massacre. Uh, I'm sorry? He made a choice to 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 have a massacre. He instead uh, uh, of instead of choosing to instead of choosing to fight the like, warriors, uh, the other guys with weapons. Yeah, he decided to f- just, just kill women and children. Go with uh, it serves the same purpose. Yeah, he's. That's so, cool. He decided ma- a massacre can accomplish the same goals. Without, That's cool. Without the risk. What's a baby going to kill one of your one of your men? You know, it's just that um, it's what, just. What would you rather fight? A thirty-five-year-old guy or a, well, or a four-year-old girl? <laughs> Look, I don't want to. Who would ad- you rather fight? I don't want to answer that because because it's a four-year-old girl. Because a thirty-five-year-old dude can fucking hit me back, or he yeah. can shoot me, or he can stab me. Yeah. A, f- a four-year-old girl, I can just punch her in the face and yeah. drop. I can just fucking drop her. Okay, you've sold me. Let's have this. Okay. Uh, so the colonists surrounded a fortified Pequot village on the Mystic River. At that point, the village was basically a fort surrounded by wood on all sides. Uh-huh. So they were because you know they would they knew what they were in for. Yeah. So they had built a fort, a giant wood fort. Okay. Well, a wood fort. At sunrise, as the inhabitants <laughs> slept, the Puritan soldiers set the village on fire because uh, it was wood, and it burns. William Bradford, governor of Plymouth, wrote, Those that escaped the fire were slain with the sword, some hewed to pieces, others run through, so that they were quickly dispatched, and very few escaped. 
It was conceived they thus destroyed about 400. At this time, uh. it was a fearful sight to see the frying in the fire. Horrible was the stink and scent thereof, but the victory seemed a sweet sacrifice, and they gave the prayers thereof God, who had wrought so wonderfully for them. Oh, my God. Free chase for dead boys and girls. Oh, my God. Mason himself wrote, and God, they're thanking God. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you for letting us burn down thank people. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for letting us burn this preschool. Uh, Mason wrote, It may be demanded, should not Christians have more mercy and compassion? But sometimes the scripture declareth women and children must perish with their parents. Uh, we had sufficient light from the word of God for our proceedings. Uh, he said, kill. No, he didn't. The God no, said, he did not, Mason. No, he did not. God said, kill the boys and girls. God. There you go. I'll justify it. Go. I'll justify it. Got the land that God uh, that God wanted us to have. Yeah. And uh, killed all the people and, God uh, wanted us to kill. Yeah, God, uh, you know, and so now we have more land. We can make more money. Perfect. Money, money, money. Yeah, all right. Uh, today, U.S. history books call this the Pequa War. Oh, that's even cute. It was a straight up massacre that's cute. of women and children as they slept. Uh, they did take 180 captives. Ugh. Now, what do you do? What do you do with 180 captives? This is a hard one. This is a hard one. You got 180 people. After consulting the Bible again. Oh, good. As long as they went to the uh, Bible for the answer. Leviticus 24, 44. Uh, the colonial authorities found justification to kill most of the men. Good. Smart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fair. You got to read the fine print gotta, in the Bible. You got to really get in there. Yeah. Uh, hey, could you find like, uh, like uh, something in there that says we can kill these guys? Actually, looking at Leviticus, I think we can kill them. Oh, cheerio. Through that, yes. And they enslaved the captured women and their children. Now only 500 Pequa remained alive and free. Okay. Slavery was not new to Americans. By the way, I'm also going to do a dollop on the Pequa at some point. <laughs> and I'm probably saying it wrong. Pequoy. Pequoiters. Pequot. It could be Pequot. Yeah. Because I, they aren't French, right? I can't Pequot It could be Pequot. Yeah. Slavery was not new to the Americans. Good. Native people of North America had widely practiced taking war captives from other tribes as hostages and slaves. But now the colonialists came up with a brand new twist. Oh, I'm new excited. Twist. The remaining captives were sold to British plantation colonies in the West Indies to be worked to death in a new form of slavery that served the emerging capitalist world market. And with that, the merchants of Boston made a historic discovery. The profits they made from the sale of humans being virtually... Seized. Uh huh. They basically, the cost of taking them could be paid for by selling them. So, so it's just made, a very so previously, like if if the if if a native tribe fought another native tribe and they took slaves, they just used them to like work and stuff. Yeah. But these guys were making the first time people were making profit. Like oh, were, the first time you were actually profit. selling pure people, profit. right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm glad that's so now it's a win-win. Well, win-win. Uh, okay, but I would say God. All right. Okay. Sorry. Enslaving American Indians quickly became quote a mania with speculators. The slave trade, first captured Indians and soon kidnapped Americans, quickly became a backbone of New England merchant capitalism. 
turns out you can do anything for money yep. if you have God on your side. Well, God's been God's been very clear. Very clear. Do whatever the fuck you want for money. Very clear. God. Meanwhile, down in the Manhattan colony, Dutch Governor Cleft offered the first scalp bounty. Ah. His government paid money for the scalp of each American brought to them. Ah. Uh. It's 25 cents. Oh, you've got more. It's 50 cents. Oh, look, I'm putting it on my head. Look at all of these pieces of people's heads. Uh, Here is $5. A uh, couple what? of years. Well, the reason being just to just prove that, they killed that they've them. killed them. Yeah. A couple of years later, Cleft uh. ordered the massacre of the Wappingers, which was a friendly tribe. <laughs> so they're... <laughs> Well, they're just in the way. But God was so they're God just, was so clear. Yeah. God was like, was so I get cl- that they're totally cool, but so they're clear. but they're 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 on a thing you want that land. I'm just worried they might not be cool forever. So let's nip this in the bud and kill them. Right. That's cool. Eighty were killed, and their severed heads were kicked like soccer balls down the streets of Manhattan. One captain was captive was castrated, skinned alive, and forced to eat his own flesh. While the Dutch governor watched and laughed. What the fuck? What? What do you mean, what? What? He was... Uh, I'm sorry. He got castrated. Mm-hmm. Cut off his balls. Skinned. Skinned. And then they made him eat his skin. Right. While the governor laughed. Laughed? Yeah, it was fun. Oh, my God. Do you not like parties? Oh, that is... Then Cleft hired the notorious Underhill, Jeez. who had commanded in the Pequa War. Uh, there was a man called Notorious at this time. His, his he, well, he wasn't notorious, but he, he was he was the notorious Underhill. Ugh. He was the Underhill. The village was set on fire, and 500 Indian residents were killed. Oh my God! Those were the friendly Indians. Then a day of Thanksgiving was no, proclaimed. No, cancel in it. The churches of Manhattan. Oh my! Yay, Thanksgiving! How could dong, you? Dong, dong, dong. Let's eat some turkey. And how people. could you eat? How could you be eating? It's Thanksgiving, man. <laughs> no, you just killed five hundred people. No, you burned them alive. You made a dude cut off his balls and eat himself. Why are we still it's celebrating Thanksgiving. this thing? Why? Why is this still a Let's celebration? Let's have family day. with dinner. <laughs> why? Why is this still a day? What followed was war and more massacres. The American Indians fought back in King Philip's War, killing ten percent of all the European men in New England. But they lost. After King Philip's War, there were almost no Indians left in the free, left free in the northern British colonies. A colonist wrote from Manhattan's New York colony, There's now but few Indians upon the island, and those few no ways hurtful. It is admired by how strangely they have decreased by the hand of God. Oh, Jesus so Christ. English first. They have decreased by the hand of God also because we keep burning them alive. God. <laughs> I mean, I, look at the hand of God set this village on fire. I just wish it would be just it would be so great to walk around now and still have that attitude. I know. Nice coffee. Give it to me. God wanted me to have it. Cool car. I'm going to do whatever I want with it because, you know, hashtag God. Just go to someone's house. I live here now. Go into someone's house, kill them all, and go, look what God has done. Yeah. God oh. has blessed me with a lovely oh, furnished two-bedroom apartment. Is, it's amazing what God has done. God is mighty. Yay, God. Oh, wow. Um, 
In Massachusetts, the colony declared a day of Thanksgiving in 1676, saying there now scarce remains a name or family of the Indians. They are either slain, captivated, or fled. Reservations well, time were, to eat. Reservations were created based on the model in Ireland, where they were designed for the wild Irish of Ulster in 1609 by Cromwell, one of the worst humans that has ever walked the earth. <laughs> Cromwell was, of course, a Puritan. Oh, shocking. Yes. He, his assault on Ireland was very similar to the attacks on American Indians. That was because many of the soldiers who fought under Cromwell became immigrants to the New World. Oh, good. They brought with them Puritan barbarism, exported violence, something America still does to this day. At least we've held on to our roots a little bit. Yeah. The first national celebration of Thanksgiving was called for by George Washington, and the celebration was made a regular holiday later by Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. At the same time, he sent troops to, quote, suppress the Sioux of Minnesota. But, so wait, it, we didn't have Thanksgiving for a hundred years. Well, with, there were Thanksgivings, but the Thanksgivings, but it wasn't the Thanksgivings were always we killed a bunch of motherfuckers. Yeah, like the Thanksgiving were were barbaric so horror it was, feasts, right? Because they had slaughtered people, right? The first one was because a bunch of people had died of a plague and they lived. The well, second, that that one uh, at the time didn't sound better, normal, but what a better. great one that was. Arguably our best one. Then then the next one is when they've just fucking massacred. The one I like people. to remember where they made a man eat his own skin. What if instead of celebrating the first one every every year on Thanksgiving we cut off someone's head and kick it down the street? Different, like they did. Different take. Like they did. Different take. Um, God has blessed me with a beautiful head soccer ball. So the story of Thanksgiving celebrates the bounty of the American way of life while covering up the brutal nature of our society. By 1975, the official number of Pequa living in Connecticut was 21. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Gobble, gobble. Gobble pumpkin pie. Feel good? No, no. I, I, this is what I was afraid of. <laughs> this is what I was afraid of. Is that it? It. it it's almost like fa- it's like it sounds. This sounds horrible, but it's almost like fast food. You just don't want to know what's behind <laughs> it, and then it's once exactly, you do, it's ruined. It's exactly like fast food. And so now, I mean, in a. <laughs> Less than a week, we got You've just watched, how do you, you've how just do you watched Food, Inc. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. You, uh, you can celebrate it. You just, have to, you just have to pretend like it's not about that. Yeah, well, that's... I, I mean, it, well, I, I just... I don't believe that God has blessed me with, uh, with the meal and that... Uh, well, you're a vegetarian, right? Yeah. So you're not sitting down and going, this is great. This, we killed this thing. I mean, no, it's yeah. It's all fucked up. Yeah. Oh, for, uh, look. Yeah, that's why I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, re- the reason that we can the reason we can sit here in America and be like, let's have a great meal, I mean, is because somewhere a bunch of other people are getting completely fucked yeah. over. Well, and it's the it's always the idea that you can just kill 
anything because yeah. you it Want makes to. your life easier. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's just right. like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's not how it is. Yeah, that, that is how like it is. It's that is, is how it is. That's not how it should be. <laughs> anyway, happy Thanksgiving. Anyway, Thank ha- you, David. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> enjoy, your, enjoy your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kill whoever. You kill your mom and dad. Kill your mom and dad. <laughs> God wants you to. <laughs> Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help.